Ladies and gentlemen, here's Shirley Lin with In the Spotlight. Welcome to In the Spotlight. I'm Shirley Lin. I'm really honored to be speaking with Dee Dee Bethurum. Am I saying it right? That's right. <laughs> okay. Perfect. All right. Well, hi, Dee Dee. Hi, Shirley. Thanks for having me. This is great. Great. And Didi is Senior Director in Global Marketing of Gogoro. Yes. Yes, that uh, electric scooter. That's right. Based in Taiwan, actually. It's a Taiwanese company. It's a Taiwanese company. Yeah. Well, before we talk about all that, <laughs> because we're getting our listeners all hyped up about this now, <laughs> but we're going to start with you telling a story that has made an impact on you. Do you have a story for us? Oh, goodness. Uh, <laughs> I do have a story for you. Oh, good. Um, you know, uh, this is a good question that you asked me. I thought about it long and hard, and dare I talk about traveling? I feel like everybody has travels that have impacted them. There's one phrase that has impacted my entire life, and that is the phrase experience points. And the the phrase is actually very old. It's an, a gamer phrase. There's a lot of games out there, especially if you're a computer gamer, where you gain experience points in order to progress to the next level. Well, I was introduced to the term um, when I read a book called The Diamond Age by Neil Stevenson. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's a dystopian future novel writer, and he wrote this book in the late 90s. And it's all about, it's actually all about na nanotechnology and AI. And at the time has very different terms because those things didn't even really truly hit the popular conversations at the time. Anyway, um, there was this gamer in there and he was uh, he's going on all these crazy adventures and you know he's in this like near-death experience and he turns to whoever is about to kill him and says something like, well, do I get experience points for this? <laughs> and it kind of just was a clicking moment in my mind that some people out there are living their lives to gain as much crazy experience as possible, whether it be death or traveling or learning a new language or being in a different place or, I don't know, you know, saying uh, experiences with family and friends. I guess I kind of started thinking about my life as experience points when I read that. And so I think a lot of traveling followed suit, but I think more in recent years, I've been trying to figure out how do I gain experience points that utilize the experience points that I Whoa. that I took before. So, okay, that's deep. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, it, you know, it, it is kind of true. I think when we're all young, we're trying to find where we're going and learn as much as possible and experience different things. But I think particularly now in, in this time in history, you know, how can we kind of figure out what we've taken from the past and apply it to the future? That's my impact story for you. Experience points. That is really neat. Um, <laughs> if only my listeners can see Dee Dee, she doesn't look like someone to me who's really into computers, let alone computer games and video games and online games or whatever. Talking about, you know, experience points. I mean, at first, I don't even know what that is because I'm not that kind of person who played those games, you know. But as you talk a lot, I know what you're talking about. It's just because, okay, and I haven't explained to my listeners because <laughs> Dee Dee is sitting right in front of me. She's got this really, well, what do you call it? Light blonde hair. She died. And she's very fashionable, Dee. You know, she's got this thank necklace you, and this stripe, you know, black likewise. and white. Oh, thank you. <laughs> black and white dress and everything. You would not think that she's such a computer person or even computer nerd for that matter. But this is so very interesting. Are you really, really into video games ever since we were small? Well, to be honest with you, I'm, I haven't been super into video games. Yeah, I, right. It depends on what people say about <laughs> this. <laughs> anyway, go on. on. I think we had a Nintendo growing up and... Um, my father actually, he works for Intel or worked for Intel his entire life. So he brought computers into our lives at an early age. So I guess I was playing computer games. It was 
making frogs jump and playing the Oregon Trail and, and you know, figuring out how to play Mario. But uh, I never was one of those people who truly, truly got into video games. But I always loved computers. I always loved figuring out how to make the letters print out on the paper in a different form or figure out how to make art from crazy drawing programs that were very rudimentary back when I was growing up. So I don't know. It's always been fascinating to me. And now I guess you could say everyone's a computer nerd, right? We all have computers in our hands. Well, you're one of the few women that I know who are really into computer and, you know, like programming and all that kind of stuff. Just only recently, really, that I know about a group of women and they actually, one of them started a club. What they do is just get together and just write programs. Oh, wow. You know, and now you want to join this club, right? My programming skills, I will say, are a little rusty, but I, I'm sure I have a lot to learn from them. Oh, my goodness. That's great, goodness. though. Here in Taiwan. Yeah. Oh, great. Now, I think that, you know, this is probably biased of me because I think this is more like a manly kind of thing. Because, I mean, you to me, and honestly speaking, you look more like a model than someone into computers. <laughs> Surely, I'm going to come on your show every week. This is like the best <laughs> ego boost for me ever. No. Okay. But, You're very um, kind. I'm curious. Do you have any brothers? I do. I yeah. Have a, I have a brother who's very close to me. In fact, my brother is the reason I'm in Taiwan. Okay. So oh. uh, my brother and I are 14 months apart, and he was the one who definitely pushed me into the video games. He needed a player, too. I see. So I was wow. player, too, always. And I was I... always the Luigi to his Mario. <laughs> and I thought that because there's no boys in the family, so your dad kind of like, you know, ah, threw it yes. all on his daughter. You know, my father's an engineer and my mother's an artist, so... Oh, what a combo. uh, Yeah, the mix between is what you see here, perhaps. (laughs) Oh, that is so, this is really interesting. Well, anyway, so let's go back. You're from the States. Where in the States? I I grew up in Portland, Oregon. Went to school in Seattle, Washington. So I I claim the West Coast, but I did move to Taiwan from New York. So I got seven years in New York, which was always a dream for me. And great experience. We'll always visit, but I don't think I'll ever live there again. I love New York. It's great. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the best cities on earth. But seven years is enough. It's a grind. It's it's every piece of poetry and song about New York you've ever heard. It's you're pounding the pavement. You're on the grind. You're working really hard. You have these ups and downs that are severe there, and I think the ups obviously keep you there forever. Wait a Um, minute. You you jump from Portland, Oregon, right to New York City. Now, what did you major in college? From Seattle. Uh, Oh, Seattle. I I went to Seattle. uh, So. I uh, went to the University of Washington and I majored in electronic marketing. And so that was me taking two years of computer science, which I learned after two years, I was not going to be coding in a basement for the rest of my life. I felt like I needed to be more social, maybe. (laughs) No offense to all those coders out there. I love what you do and I wish I could do it more. But then I moved into marketing. At that point in time, it was 2001, uh, the internet was just taking off and I really thought I wanted to get in on this internet thing. There was, you know, startups everywhere. It was the first dot-com boom. I worked at two or three now defunct dot-coms that were in and out of business within six months. And then luckily, landed my first role at Microsoft. So that's where I really got to learn my chops about both computers as well as the internet. You're listening to In the Spotlight with Shirley Lin. You worked for Microsoft where? In Seattle. Wow, that's like 
everybody's dream. I mean, <laughs> how did you get in that job? You took an exam, right? They have a really interesting way of interviewing. You do it a full day, including lunch. You have to think on your feet while you shove salad in your mouth. And I remember one of my questions was I had to design a thermostat for the blind. And, and they want you to talk the whole time. So tell us exactly what you're thinking. Very specific processes of this thermostat. And you're sweating and <laughs> wow. you're trying to figure it all out. Um, somehow I passed, I guess. <laughs> don't know how but yeah no that was that was the first role and uh, I worked for MSN which is their their internet network MSN was that page that loaded up on your browser when you turned your computer on so which we, you were telling me is now called Bing it's B-I-N-G. Bing now yes okay. yes they've gone through a few identity shifts yeah um, but yeah it was it was interesting because they naturally already had an audience and I remember the MSN search bar we'd actually get to see the top terms that people were we're looking for. And I think a lot of people didn't even realize they were on the internet. So they were searching for Internet Explorer and they were searching for the internet. Like those were some of the top terms because it was just so early. People didn't know how to get on the internet. (laughs) I also remember the third one was Britney Spears. I don't know what it would be now, but. Wow, that's amazing. And she was here just recently. She was. That's right. Did you see her? No, sorry. Me neither. I missed her too. (laughs) She's still going though. She's still going, huh? I couldn't believe that. She's well preserved. (laughs) Okay. So you were at Microsoft for how long? For seven years. Well, oh, that's a long time. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, yeah. And then why did you decide to leave? I was looking to move to New York. Yeah, why is that? I don't know. I thought I was just going to find it all there, surely. Uh, I thought I was going to be discovered and just suddenly end up on Broadway. I actually really wanted to, to take improv classes in New York. And I thought for some reason I would shift my entire computer science career into improv. And I did. I went and I, and I took some improv classes at uh, the Upright Citizens Brigade which is the school that Tina Fey and Amy Poehler um, founded in New York. And it's kind of the fast track to Saturday Night Live, if you're good. I learned that I was not. But anyway, that's a whole different story. (laughs) So you wanted to go into television? I will tell you, I've always had these two voices in my head. One is do the right thing, stay on the career path build your skill set, computer science, make your parents proud. But I've always been into entertainment and performing. I've been in bands. I've been in drama my whole life. So I thought it would just naturally kind of happen on the side for me, which oh. is not how it happens at all in New York City. You're, you're up against the best performers oh, in the yeah, world. That's true. No, I mean, it, it was it was a great experience to, to try. Mm. <laughs> I ended up doing a lot of other great things in New York. And um, I really learned a lot about advertising. I had kind of the 21st century version of Mad Men where I'd go and pitch advertising campaigns to big brands and run around in you know, crazy suits and heels all over town and bring people lunches and figure out how advertising works, which is an interesting business that, you know, a lot of advertising now is owned by two or three different corporations that, well, that own all of the advertising in the world, really, WPP Mm. being one of the biggest ones. And that's one of the ones I worked for. So yeah, once you kind of learn that it's a lot of pennies and knobs being twisted, and it's not as glamorous as it used to be in the 50s. I mean, Mad Uh, Men really made it way more exciting. You remind me of the movie, The Devil Wears Prada. Oh, really? (laughs) Which part do I remind you of? No, just because you told me earlier on that you you do run around New York City in your high heels and everything. (laughs) And um, you were talking about how you 
you actually kind of like got coffee for everyone, that kind of thing. Did you just not it's, say that? Yeah, I mean, I, I had some <laughs> I had some roles where I was bringing clients. We do these big presentations and I'd always have to end up bringing everyone in the room lunch as part of the presentation. And so we would do two or three of these a day and I would just be running around town and you know, you just, you have to wear heels because it's part of the gig. Yeah. It's part um, of New York city. <laughs> it's New York city. So, you know, I always say my feet have changed <laughs> <laughs> from all the heels wearing sorry feet oh, wow. about the rest of my life. It was a really interesting experience. I'm sure your resume is very impressive. It's really colorful. I mean, with all your experiences from Microsoft to advertising, that makes a very impressive resume. I'm well, sure. Thank you, Shirley. <laughs> I mean, it, a lot of it at the end of the day is all advertising and, and learning marketing. And I think one of the, the roles, so again, traveling is has always been a theme. Obviously, I'm here in Taipei, but I did take a break in 2011 and I went traveling. I came back and was lucky enough to take a job where I worked for a girls education campaign. It was the first time I've ever worked for a nonprofit. I wanted to utilize the advertising skills with something good. And so um, it was a really cool, cool campaign. It was called Girl Rising. And it was a actually a feature length film where we went to nine different countries and told the stories of nine different girls and the barriers they had to overcome to get an education. And we had wow. like Meryl Streep and Anne Hathaway and Alicia Keys and a bunch of people do the narration. So it got oh. some critical acclaim. We tried to get the film to go all over the world and, and tell the story. That was something that kind of switched for me that I could utilize all these crazy advertising skills with something that actually was doing, was making an impact. You really have a knack for advertising. Well, I think it's changed so much with technology. I mean, it's, it, it is no longer Mad Men days. You can't just tell someone what to think. People are too smart and the internet goes so quickly that no matter how amazing your campaign is, it's forgotten in the beret of everything else that has happened in 25 minutes, right? So mm. what I think is really interesting now is advertising is all about the customer. I mean, as cheesy as that sounds, you really do need to create value for your customer. Otherwise, your product doesn't mean anything or your whatever you're trying to sell doesn't mean anything. So it's really turned from telling people what they should buy into, surely I'm going to tell you, you know, a couple tips to make your life better. And I also have something that will help you get to that point, right? Mm -hmm. like, like that's kind of how you should position something you're selling. I guess uh, in essence, it has probably killed a lot of companies that weren't doing the right thing. I hope that I can continue to work for companies, again, like utilizing advertising skills with doing something for the good of the world. Well, we haven't gone to the part how Didi Betharam got her job at Gogoro, Taiwan. So make sure you join me next week to hear about that. For In the Spotlight, I'm Shirley Lin. Yeah.